Have you ever had so many innovative ideas and didn't even know where to start? Our guest today is the inventor of lenticular earrings and other accessories, Stacy Okotake. This is an episode filled with so much wisdom. Let's listen. Hi, Stacy. Hi, T. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? It's so good to hear your voice. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Okay. So just for those who don't really kind of know you, just give us a little backstory about, you know, you as a person, where you've come from, where you are right now, and then we'll dive into you as a, you know, as a brand. Cool. Okay. So I am uh, born and raised in California. I'm from Van Nuys to be specific. Okay, Valley girl. I'm a hundred percent Valley girl. I do not. <laughs> I lived in New York for, uh, almost a decade and I was always like, no, I am a hundred percent a Valley girl. Yeah. They like every other word. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's just who I am. Um, I'm Japanese American, fourth generation, which is, uh, it's funny because growing up, um, I mean, it's always been in my life, but it's really become an important part of me that I'm very proud of in the within the past decade or so. And I'll get into that later because it yeah. really connects to my brand. And um, what else about me? Oh my I, God. I was, uh, I started out, you know, oh, you know what, what might be interesting is, for people, I, I'm one of those people that has multiple passions in life. Like mm. growing up, I, I wanted to make short videos, do photography, do art. So there are so many things. So, you know, it was kind of a double-edged sword because I loved so many different types of art forms and I wanted to do them all. And really in life, as as you know, T, it's so much better if you're able to focus in on something and mm -hmm. really hone in on those skills. So for me, I kind of jumped around in my career, although it all kind of came together in the end. So I was uh, in the nonprofit world for a little bit where I uh, really was into helping other people and had that nonprofit mindset. So I was in that world for a number of years. And then I switched to being a graphic designer. So I went back to school and learn those skills, which became such a great asset for everything I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, then I was in advertising and all that kind of stuff. And then I ended up deciding to really, I had such a love for fashion and aesthetics. So I went into, I went, that's when I went to FITM. And then now I, uh, I, I'm into the accessories world. So that's kind of my, um, my career path, which is a little, um, I think, though, as 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 I listen to more people, I feel like ev no one has a direct path to yeah, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, one of the things I'm most proud of is is just like how you kind of like are not afraid to always like experiment all the ideas that you have and to like just go fully head on and like you know try it out. This is what I'm passionate about in this season. Um, and I tell like I've had some you know current students at FITM or even like trade tech ask me um, questions like, you know, how do you know this is what you want to do? I'm like, your passions can change. You don't have to be stuck with, I want to make t-shirts for the rest of my life. Like you can grow into like wanting to do different things. So like Stacey is literally a living example of being, not being afraid to, um, you know, feel whatever your passion is in that moment and then going after it. It's oh, beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. It's, um, oh, it's so funny that you say that. It's nice 
because I feel like that's thank you for saying that it's, <laughs> it's really nice that you saw that so I you know growing up I was I mean now I'm not so much anymore because everyone is so unique out you know everyone is really able to express themselves these days but growing up uh it was I was considered kind of like a weirdo <laughs> a little I was always kind of on the out outskirts of all my I mean I I have, I had a lot of friends in high school and this and that, but I was always a little bit on the outskirts because I was a bit artsy. I was a bit eccentric. Um, and even the way I dressed, I remember I used to wear, you know, skirts and the pants. most colorful outfits. Yes, like powerful. Stacey had the best skirts in the game. <laughs> I had to <laughs> yeah. So I was always mixing and matching and really experimenting. Mm-hmm. And um, I, people would make fun of me for what I was wearing. And uh, it was weird because I I had a lot of insecurities growing up for some reason my my sense of fashion and style became like this coat of armor for myself and it really Mm. communicate to people uh, without even having to say anything and I and I and I you know I wasn't I wasn't a a typical artist I don't know how to paint or draw really Mm -hmm. well but what I was able to do was to go to a thrift store and pick out unique pieces and put them together in funky ways that I really loved. And so that, that confidence really came through. So people would (laughs) say all kinds of things to me about what I was wearing. They would make fun of me. And I was like, you can say whatever you want, but I think I, I know I look fantastic. So right. Right. It's one of those things. Yeah. That it's interesting because I, I didn't realize it at the time, but it really is a form of confidence to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I, I I was lucky to have, I feel lucky to have that type of brain where I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to experiment and really push the boundaries and yeah. comes up to it because it comes out of it. I think, you know, life is, life is life and it's so fun and there's so many things out there. So experimenting is something that I, I really love to do. I hope you guys are taking notes. I literally hope you guys are like taking notes on what to do because this industry has so much to give, but not a lot of people willing to actually share. So I'm blessed to be surrounded by just givers. Like we, we just don't take, 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 like we're genuinely here to help people. And um, it's a $1.7 trillion industry. Come on. Like we can all, (laughs) we can all get something from this. I fully agree. And you know, you know, um, on one of your last episodes, which were really great, you spoke on on your why. Like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Honestly, you were right. It's it's one of the most important things because if you're in it for the money, mm-hmm. it, you're going to give up. Sure, if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So your why it stems from such a unique place. So if you build your brand and your style off of that and off of who really who you are and where you've come from and not anyone else, then from there you will find your success, your motivation and that thing that keeps you going and the mm-hmm. thing that makes you stand out from everyone else. Yeah, that's so beautiful to hear. So tell us a little bit about how Massa Noble came to be. Um, yeah. Is this the first full-on brand that you've owned or you've had previous brands before, you know, focusing directly on this one? So this is, I would say this is the first 
full on brand, but it really evolved actually. So mm -hmm. right out of FITM, um, I did work for a fashion company for a little bit just to see how it was. And I love designing clothes, but I just kept, I just had a fire and an idea within me that kept pushing me towards accessories. So when I first started my brand, it was actually these, um, these Japanese inspired belts. So they were uh, designed, they were modeled after the, the wide kimono belts, mm -hmm. and, um, the obi belts. And oh, then, I did order one of those. Oh, you! Oh, that's right. I did. I still oh, have it. You did. Yeah. I ordered mine in blue denim. Yes. yes. So I made, and I had at the time it was kind of a new thing, but I had all these hidden pockets in it. So yes. Really, and this was when phones were smaller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so right. Phone in it. You could put your. So I did that because I would, whenever I went out on the town, I just, well, I didn't want to have a purse. And I just wanted to be able to have put in my credit card, my keys and my phone. So it started out with that and it, it was doing really well. Um, but what happened was phones got bigger and then, <laughs> I, yeah. And I was just like, this is no longer working even. Yeah. Before. And I just had, and I kept thinking, and then it was an idea that I had actually even before I went to fit them. So it was probably about eight years ago. I had this idea of lenticular clothing, mm -hmm. so lenticular meaning at different angles, like images, the images will change on whatever you're looking at. Yeah. So then I, um, and I kept going back to it and I just, I just had this draw to this lenticular idea and I try experimented with clothes and it just closed and it, it was, a bit expensive yeah uh, so then I uh I started thinking well I can take this idea and turn it into into accessories so over the course of probably about three to five three to four months or so I developed the my current product which is the lenticular origami earring and it's interesting because it wasn't I didn't do this on purpose but at the end I realized that they are this visual representation of being Japanese American. Mm. So for a majority of my life, I was never Japanese enough and I was never what's so, you know, quote unquote American enough. Correct. So I was always kind of, so, you know, in, in California or in the United States growing up, this doesn't happen at all really at all to me anymore in LA but people would ask me like oh you know do you speak English you speak English where, you know, where are you from all these questions yeah, yeah. Growing up, so I was like oh I guess I just don't fit that American look and then so but then I went to Japan and when I and I was like oh I'm going to Japan I'll 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 this is where I'll feel at home and when I went there the people from Japan were like no you're not Japanese and I was oh, like yeah yeah what? <laughs> So then, oh no! It was so confusing. For me, I was like, "Okay, this is really interesting." So, through these earrings, really helped me connect this, this kind of connect myself to myself. Right, right. <laughs> so, because as I was making them, I realized that being Japanese American, being fourth generation, it just comes with a completely different storyline. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's basically what these earrings are is they're they're really embedded in my family history in the american history of what it is to be japanese american and uh so visually they it's the origami part is a 
traditional Japanese art form, but the artwork is much more pop art. It's much more modern. And that obviously comes from my American upbringing. Uh, so that's how that formed. And then um, it's interesting because uh, I was helping my mom clean out her house and I found this really old suitcase and I opened it up and there was all this vintage shaving gear in it. And I was like, oh, mom, look, it's my, it's grandpa's shaving kit. So I just assumed it was his. And she looked at it and she said, no, this is your grandmother's. She owned her own barbershop in Los Angeles. And I didn't even know that wow. she owned her own barbershop. And I thought, I was like, wow, especially during those times, yeah. uh, you just wouldn't expect a woman to own mm -hmm. her own barbershop. And I also found all of these Spanish notes. So she was taking Spanish lessons on wow. the because she knew she was in LA. So she learned Spanish. She had business cards in Spanish. So she herself was this entrepreneurial spirit. And I just, I had no idea until wow. probably about like eight years ago. And then my other, so that's Masako. And then my other grandmother, Nobuyo, I, I actually didn't know Masako, so uh, she passed before I met her. But my other grandmother, Nobio, I was I was very lucky to know her, and she was this fashionista. Like she had, I remember she had these like silver shoes. She would make her <laughs> own dresses. She would make dresses for her daughter. So she was totally in that world into fashion. fashion. Wow. Yes, even during you know during that time, she probably didn't know it, but she was just she was so iconic with her hair and mm -hmm. just always looking right. So. I felt like the more I get to know them, the more I realize I'm this, I really embody the both of them. Yeah. They have this entrepreneurial spirit and then this like badass fashionista. <laughs> right. And then so from that, I, that's where that came from. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to create under their names mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm this continuation of, of their hopes and their dreams and their goals, these things that they could not accomplish due to just simply because of the time that they lived in. Wow. And that's why, yeah. And so that's why I create under Moss and Nobu. That's where that brand name comes from. And it's spelled M-A-S and oh, yes. N-O-B-U. Yes. Good. Okay. Just for our listeners, if you want to check it out, definitely go because you would find such unique pieces and stuff that are made to last because, you know, every single one of these are handmade. Yes. Um, and Stacy prides herself in, you know, if it's not perfect, I'm not sending it out. And I feel like I still see that like literally in what you do right now. Yes, it's very important to me because I always think of it in this way. The person that receives whatever you've made, this is the first time they're receiving it. Mm. And it might be the only time. True. So you know what I mean? So, cause they, they'll buy new pieces from me, but mm -hmm. that will, so each time I send it out, I want to make sure that it's the best experience for them. Yeah. So I'm very lucky. I have not had any returns or anything so far. Yeah. Everything. And it's, I really feel like it's because I inspect every single one. <laughs> and, and really I, I have remade. I remember there was one pair um, and it just didn't come out quite right at the end. And honestly, I was like, I was ready to send it out. And I, I, I backtracked. I said, you know what? 
I don't feel 100% about this. So I, I actually went home and I just remade it. And I was so happy that I did because the end product was, it came out beautiful and she was so happy to receive it. So yeah, yeah, quality is is very important. It's very important. Yeah. Take your time, make sure the work you're putting out there reflects you as a person because you don't want to be known as that. And I said in my, one of my last episodes, you don't want to be known as one of those brands who's just chugging out things. You want to be known like as a brand that if customers are spending money on you, it's worth it. And they're going to come back and then tell people about it. Yes. Um, yeah. So how were you able to get funding when you started? Was it hard? Did you buy a lot of things at once? Um, or were you like slowly working somewhere and still like starting your um, brand with Masa Noble? Yes. You know, so this is a really good question because I feel that people tend to think you know, quit your job and start your passion. Mm-hmm. I actually disagree with that. So it, yeah. I, it really depends on where you are with your finances. True. So for myself and where you are in life and what your uh, whatever makes you happy, you have to take that into account dollar sign wise. Yeah, true. So for me, I, I kept my job and I did this and I was making my earrings on the side and, uh, and it, well, I was at that time, actually, at, at the beginning, I was still develop, developing them and, and figuring out how to make them work, how to you know, just how to make the product wearable. Yeah. Um, and so it took a very long time. And so I, I was fully funding myself so, because I kept my full time job. And what I did was I, I saved my money and then I did end up quitting my job. And I was like, I'm doing this full time. And so I did. And I uh, for about two months. I focused and I was, and I put a hundred percent of my focus on developing the product. And honestly, I realized I love stability. I just do. Like, I love <laughs> and so what I did was I ended up uh, getting a freelance job in graphic design. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing since is I, I freelance graphic design. And that's, and to be honest, that's my bread and butter still right now. Yeah. And I fund my own, uh, my own business. And I, uh, so I basically, I make some, I sell them and I replenish my funds for that. And I, and I do make a profit on that. Uh, And currently I have interested investors. So I'm entering into a new phase of growth where Mm -hmm. I'm learning about what that actually looks like. Yeah. So I'm right at the beginning stages. And to be honest, I'm, nervous about it and I'm taking baby steps and I'm talking to I'm very lucky I have a couple mentors I'm speaking to my mentors about what this actually entails and how do I go about doing it the right way because I don't want to rush into anything correct I I would say it's um because I've had people come uh approach me and they want a percentage of the business which is great however you just have to be okay with what percentage they want correct um so it's something that is it's a very uh you know it's a personal choice it's it's really based on how you what you want from your own business so yeah I'm just at that stage where I'm figuring that out so my funding will be changing soon I believe so we'll, we'll see about that though it's it's a it's a ongoing process right now yeah. Oh, that's that's actually good because um I haven't had anyone that I personally know 
um, talk about investing or like outside investors or outside money as, you know, the street language. Um, but I think that would be, yeah, I would love to get you back when we, when you're past that stage of um, you're in, you know, you, you have investors and outside funding just to kind of like give us a little sure. bit about what that really um, what it looks, looks like. like. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, yeah. you know, it's still a decision that I, because you know, the, you know, the business too. It's, it's, it, you, when you take money, when you take money, that means you're also giving money. Sure. Eventually, yeah. so yeah. it really is something to think about, which is why I haven't, I have not jumped into anything yet. Yeah, who knows? I might not go for that, go that route. So, but I will, I'll be in touch with you because uh, yeah. it's something important to talk about. I think, and I feel like either way, I would still love to get you back just to know like the reasons behind why you oh, either said right. yes or why you didn't say yes. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. that that would be beautiful to um, just share your own perspectives on that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. What was the first job you got right out of college? I'm, I'm trying to tie these back to, did you go to graphic design route or you went oh, a fashion design route? Right out of college, I, uh, so I graduated from, I went to New York University and graduated and I needed, I really just needed a job. Yes. <laughs> I needed to pay my rent. <laughs> so I got a job as a, uh, admin assistant in the at this really awesome nonprofit called the Smile Train. Mm-hmm. And I was at that time my I, I thought I was going to stay in the nonprofit world. So uh, I spent about four or five years there, and I I really loved working there. Uh, the reason why I left is because I just kept when you know you know how it is to you when you have this passion mm-hmm. love for the creative world. It yeah. Just, it keeps, it's like yelling at you. It doesn't leave you. It does <laughs> not leave you. Like I'm sitting there making money, doing a great job. And then this, you know, this creative artsy side is just yelling at me. <laughs> being like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. You so, you yeah. know, it just keeps coming back. And I'm yeah. like, okay. I don't think it, it's to the point where you just can't deny it anymore. So that fire just kept burning me. And I was like, okay, I, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and then eventually I, I made the, uh, well, to me at that time, it was a risk. And I, I went back to school for graphic design. And at the, even at that time, I still had a part-time job. And uh, I was going to school at night. And it, it was one of the best decisions, though, because I was able to really hone in my creative skills as as well as learn a creative skill that I knew I could make money off of in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. That's that's really good. Cuz I realized that um cuz I came from radio and TV and my first job out of college was working in a radio station mm. and um kind of the same. I felt like after like 2 years something was itching in me to start making clothes, which I had you know, I had no, I remember the first time we went to sewing class, we could not figure out how to thread a needle. Yep. <laughs> we were all looking at each other like, that was a funny day. And I was just like, I, I just had that passion. And it was like, literally burning. Like, I would be in the studio, having interviews with people, like, you know, giving them, you know, music from all over the world. But something in the back of my head would be like, girl, where's the needle and thread? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a. It's a real thing when your you you know your true passion in whatever season you're in will always show itself. Even if people, even if you don't, you you can't tell. Sometimes I would literally have people tell me like, "Oh my god, I like the way like your pants are made." I'll be like, "Oh, I just you know." I just glued it. I cut it and I made it longer. Or I added another fabric or just did something like wishy-washy because I didn't even have the techniques to actually sew. But I just knew how to wow. make things. I'm 5'11". So I would buy jeans and they right. would be like high waters. Like, you know, like they wouldn't even like touch my ankle. Right, right, right. So I would always go to men's, literally go and buy men's jeans. The longest I could find, sometimes I would get them in like extra, like extra large. And then I would save to pin them on the inside so I could wear it out. And people wouldn't tell. They wouldn't be able to tell. They would just, oh, your jeans fit good. It's all safety wow. pinned on the inside. So I already okay. had that. Yeah, I already had that. Like, I just knew that my future had something to do in fashion. And then for, for a moment, I was like, maybe I could just do fashion reporting. Like, just report on fashion, which is crazy because here we are now yeah. doing a podcast on fashion design. It's, it's good to actually pursue that but stability is also very important I know a lot of friends who um, quit their job prematurely um, and just started this business you know you tell everyone about you starting a business everyone's supportive you know but your customers are not necessarily your friends it's people that are not really close to you that would actually um, most often time like financially support your brand So it's important for one to do it like smartly. If you have a full-time job, do this on the side until it's good enough to fund your lifestyle or fund your dreams. Yes. There's really no need to rush. Uh, Although I I mean, I I understand that feeling of the need to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. But honestly, it's okay to go slowly. Sure. And I think, I think good things can come from going slowly. You, you, you you really take care and take notice of the things that need to get done and it's i think if you rush through you can really drop the ball on a lot of important things Mm -hmm. um and and there as we were saying before you are a unique person whatever you create will be unique and it will tell your own story so as long as you're telling your own story there's no need to rush because no one's going to be able to compete with what you're doing social media just makes you feel like you're not doing enough um and you start comparing yourself like oh my god this brand has 200 million followers or like you know just a crazy number and you know everyone their videos are going viral but yeah going viral doesn't translate to sale i will tell you i have friends who are like killing on tiktok like literally doing like absolutely insane numbers on tiktok and they're still are looking for sponsorship, like deals to get by every single exactly. day. Yes. I, I think that's, yes. I think that's a, miscon- a misconception is just because you go viral or just because you're in a magazine, it does not mean that all of a sudden your business is a multi-million dollar business. It's just yes. not true. The work that goes into all of the behind the scenes oh my God. is vital yeah. and you have to continually every day work towards that. I mean, it's, 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 it truly is an everyday commitment. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember uh, when I was first starting this, I had friends that were like, Oh, all you need to do is just take good photos <laughs> and then you'll, your business will just be <laughs> worth a million dollars. Oh and my I, God. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because it's just not true. Uh, just mm-hmm. great photos on Instagram does not mean you're going to make sales. Yeah. It takes, it takes several different things for you to truly succeed yeah. in 
the business of fashion or really any business. Any business. And one of the things that, because, you know, you're, you're in the accessories business. Um, do you find that it's more challenging to actually stay in this industry or stand out in this industry than it is in the, you know, apparel industry? Uh, currently, no, because what I make is, I, I feel very lucky because I, I made something that is genuinely unique. Mm-hmm. So what I make is origami lenticular earrings and what they are. So when you look at the earrings from different angles, I have words or images on them and the words and the images will change. So for instance, I have an earring that says rise up on it. Mm-hmm. So from different angles, that word rise will change to the word up. So basically it's right now there's no one else making what I make, especially because it, and once again, it, it truly stems, it has grown from my own family history. So my product is very unique yeah. and I don't necessarily have, I have competition, but there's no one making what I'm making now. Yeah. And it's, so I feel very fortunate for that. And of course that will change eventually because the market will always catch up with you. Yeah. Uh, but for right now I have, a, I'm in really good standing. However, I, what I'm working on developing new product mm-hmm. and that has come into my mind where, you know, uh, I know I'm not a one hit wonder. I have a lot of creative ideas. However, you know, you never know what the, uh, what your audience is going to continue to purchase from you. Sure. So it's, it's, it's really an experiment because the things that you think are going to fly, sometimes they don't. And the mm-hmm. things that you think they're not going to like, they actually end up loving. Yeah. So it's really interesting. It's such an interesting, like psychological experiment. So, uh, right now I'm developing new product and, I, I think that it is just as good as what I'm making now. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, I'm really excited to put it out there and we'll see how everyone, uh, you know, what they think about it. But I really think it's something that's uh, going to still stand out from the rest of the accessory world out there. I remember, I don't remember what year it was, but it was Grownish, the TV, sh- yeah. uh, TV show. And I, we were just watching it at home, like my family and I, and I saw like Yara wearing your earrings. And I literally like, I, I'm not sure if I still have a screenshot of that text, but I was like, Stacy, Oh my God. I know it. That was amazing. <laughs> oh I, my God. Tell us about how that even happened. Like give us yes. a story. So, okay. So one of the reasons why I went to FITM was because I thought I could make great contacts there. And mm-hmm. that's kind of something that was in the back of my head. And I was like, who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe I, maybe I won't. Yeah. I was very fortunate because part of our clique was Omar, who's this extremely talented, just such a smart, smart guy. Yeah. Uh, and also extremely generous. So when I was making these earrings, he approached, he was actually part of the uh, stylist team on the show Grownish. And he approached me and said, you know, uh, if you want, I can pitch these earrings to the lead stylist and we'll see if she'll get, she'll allow them on the show. And I remember he was like, I'm really not sure if it's going to happen, but I'm going to try. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. So I, it, it was so funny T, because I didn't even have a logo at that point. I, had, wow. I, had, I don't even know if I had a website. Like I had barely anything. I had just really gotten the, um, the, the, the product down. So yeah. 
Uh, and actually, I make them so much better now. But anyway, so at that time, I was like, oh, my God, I have to send this to him ASAP. Because especially when, when someone approaches you about a television show or a movie, you have to be able to make it as soon as possible. Do not let that window close. Correct. Uh, so I, within the span of, I think, three days, I made uh, about 10 earrings or so. Wow. I made a logo packaging, branding, wow. <laughs> a tagline, and I put it all together and I sent it to him with just a wish and a prayer. <laughs> and I, I I remember when I, I was going to put the, but right before I put the package in the mail, I like prayed to my ancestors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> prayed to my grandmother. And I was like, okay, ladies, let's do this. <laughs> and I sent it to him. I remember Omar was saying he was like oh yeah I think they might get on the show I was like all right cool that's awesome very excited about that and then later on he was like oh my god I think Yara's gonna wear them and I was like oh my god like I thought they were gonna be in the background somewhere <laughs> and then when I I, I had all I had a, some of my friends and family over and we were watching it uh and I and I, I had no idea what a great and amazing shot yeah. these earrings were going to get. Yeah. And we all, we were watching the show. And then when Yara was on, my earrings are like front and center. Yeah. We all were like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it was such an amazing moment. It was such a special moment. Yeah. Uh, and I really cherish that moment. I have photos of us like surrounding the TV and just watching it. And, um, and I was lucky because the stylist actually chose two more of the earrings to be on the show. So my earrings were actually worn by Yara Shahidi three times on that show. Even more interesting is over the past couple years, I've been at these, I sell at these holiday boutique fairs and I've had two people, two different people approach me who work on the show and they were like, oh, do you realize how hard it is to get your stuff on that show? Wow. felt very, I, you know, it's very rare that I'm, I feel very proud of myself, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of one of those moments where you think people are just trying to do something nice for you. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I was like, no, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's my insecurity speaking. Cause I was like, you know what? No, it's, I, what I do is unique and. And it's great work and it's yeah. beautiful and I make quality and beautiful and unique products. And I really want to, I really took a moment to stand in that. And I was like, okay, I really have something here. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. So that was the exciting grownish story that still to this day, I, I talk about it and it really, it's just, it's it was such a proud and fun moment for me. So I'm so appreciative of that. Yeah, it's it was, it's such a beautiful thing. It's so rewarding. Yeah, not necessarily like you have to have a celebrity saying it, but if you really know what it takes to get anything on a celebrity with all the options they have, yes. you would be very grateful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I was, yeah. I felt, and to this day, I'm so so grateful for those moments. So yeah, what are some of your biggest fears that you faced when you um aside like financial? Were there any other like fears that you faced or that you still currently face with you know having your own business oh yes 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 so I I I always say that I have held myself back for many many years mm. and Fidam was actually the first time where I made the decision to really take a chance on my 
my artistic ideas. Mm -hmm. So up until then, before that, I was always kind of dabbling in artsy stuff and, and dreaming on the side about the things I wanted to do. And it really wasn't until I went to FITM that I, I learned that, uh, that I really started to believe in myself, to be honest. And mm -hmm. I started to trust the process of experimentation and developing ideas and bring ideas to life because it's not an easy process. Like you have an idea in your head, but the process to make that, to, br to bring that idea to life, it's very different. And yeah. sometimes it, your, your idea comes out a little different in the end. Uh, but it's, it's a process that was very intimidating to me. And so it was, that was something that I had to conquer and it, it took fit, um, to do, help me do that. So that fear is something that has, that still stands with me to this day is this fear of failure. So, uh, it is something that I have to continually work on is, uh, and a part of it, you know, is this, uh, is just the self confidence and working on that as well. So even with my brand, and even though I I've had success with this brand, I've gotten it into museum gift shops, and it's been really great. I still have that self doubt. So that's, that's something that has stayed with me that I continue to work on. It's a lifelong journey, because you never finish discovering yourself. That's, exactly. that's the one thing that one of my life coaches, um, Darius Daniels has taught me. It's you can't you you can't finish knowing who you are because the day you finish knowing who you are, you can't live for anything else. But if there's always something more that gets you excited, that gets you curious, how can I make this better? What can I do differently? You know, the choices I made yesterday got me here. What can I do differently? Um, as long as you have that, you're open to being a better version of your yesterday. I feel like it's it's something that can help you, especially in this industry um, where people just sometimes copy and paste. Um, they lack the the ethic of actually designing yeah. from scratch. I like the way that dress looks. Okay, let me find a seamstress, make it, put my name on it. Like yes. when you see people doing things like that, I and I tell people this all the time, especially like young, you know, upcoming designers. Anyone can steal your work. They can steal your ethic. They cannot steal the creativity that goes into it. They can steal the finished result, which is still it hurts. It's bad, but you know don't dwell on that otherwise you're limiting yourself from actually continuously creating new things because yeah. if you buy something on some of this fast fashion website that they're trying to like copy like for example let's say like a chanel or a dior oh, right. or a louis vuitton yeah. and then you you buy like a knockoff you can't even go near someone who smokes because you will catch fire like right. that's how bad <laughs> that's how bad <laughs> that's how bad of a fabric they would use and they won't even get the spellings correctly the threads are like popping out like yep. it's it's easy to say you know fast fashion is cheap but at what cost exactly exactly and i think you got it right there is like yeah <laughs> exactly what you said yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's true oh yeah, i know oh go ahead you know go what ahead. i was gonna say actually that this was so um something that i i hold on to as well is whenever i start feeling too comfortable i know i have to push myself mm -hmm. so if i'm too comfortable and too laxed about something that means i'm not pushing those boundaries true it's so easy to cut and paste things and just be like, all right, that's the finished product. And it's, um, you know, it, yes. And you can copy someone else, but really people can tell when something is truly unique. True. Yeah. Yep.
Yeah, I agree. Speaking of your work in museum, I know that, you know, some of your airings are at the Japanese American National Museum and also the Little Tokyo Service Center. Um, I know, like, I've seen, like, articles and stuff about, like, your entrepreneurial skills and, you know, endeavors and places like that. Um, how accomplished do you feel? Like, how does that make you feel as a brand? Oh, yes. So... I actually feel very lucky. Uh, so right now my pieces are in the Japanese American Museum, the San Francisco Asian Art Museum, and the Getty Museum gift shops. And uh, each one was a little different, actually, in how I got in there. Uh, and I, I, I feel very proud of, of these um of these accomplishments. So for the Japanese American Museum, um, I'm particularly proud because I was... I, I knocked on doors, you know, like I, I went there, I went to the store with a box of earrings. Yeah. And I, uh, and I, and I approached the the cashier and I said, can I speak to your, um, your buyer? And they said, no, wow. <laughs> said, you have to make an appointment. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So I, so I got the name of the person and her information and I went home and I sent her an email and thankfully she wanted to meet with me. Oh, and I, I made a, a whole press release for myself and sent her photos and a story about why I'm doing this. And, and she met with me. And so we met in person and, uh, and thankfully she loved what I was doing and she felt like it was a great fit for the, the store. Mm-hmm. And so I made custom pieces for the Japanese American Museum. And I was just so proud that that happened because it was the first store that I had gone into. Wow. And the Getty Museum was really interesting because I still, I'm not sure how they found out about me. Um, I, I, oh, you know, something else I did was I emailed nearly every art museum wow. in the world. Or not the world, but I, I emailed, I can't even, I don't even know how many. I emailed so many art museums wow. about my, uh, about my lenticular earrings and my, about my story. And um, I remember the, the buyer from the Getty Museum started following me on Instagram and it might've been from an email or it might've been from something else. I I don't know how he found out about me and I, and it's, he, he didn't, it didn't, he didn't say he was from the Getty museum. Yeah. For some reason when he friended me on Instagram, his, um, his icon, his little profile icon, I was like, Oh, that guy looks interesting. So I clicked on his profile and then I, I did some, re- I don't know why there was something <laughs> about his profile. I was like, I feel like this dude's important. So I did some more research. I was like, oh my God, this guy works for the Getty Museum. I was like, oh, so wow. there I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I didn't say anything. And I just noticed he was liking my stuff. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. And it was um, months, like six months later, he messages, messages me and he asks if I do wholesale and he asks for uh, my line sheet and, you know, my basically my catalog. Right. Uh, my wholesale catalog. And, of course, I, I didn't have one. So I had to put one. <laughs> that was another all-day, all-nighter because I had to take photos. And it was just, like, a bit messy. But I brought yeah. it together. <laughs> and, um, 
And so I sent him my wholesale and it was, and he was like, this is great. He loved it. He loved my product. And it wasn't until probably, I want to say a year later that he finally put in an order for them. So it was, it, it, it was an interesting process. And, and then he approached, so he, I, I sent him his order. They were so happy with it. And they approached me to do a custom design piece. So that's something that's still, wow. Uh, yes. So that's something that I'm, I have to get my, my, my numbers right and make it work for the both of us. Correct. But something that is in the future is a custom design piece for the Getty Museum gift shop, which I'm, I just, I'm so excited to do that. And then the, um, the San Francisco Asian Art Museum was another one that I am unsure how they found out about me. <laughs> I got an email from them asking if I do wholesale and um, that they need, they actually needed pieces right away, like ASAP within a, probably about a week's time. It was very st- stressful because I have wow. I had my full-time job. Yes. So it was, I was, and they ordered a, quite a few pieces. So I was working, that was another all nighter for like a week of, of creating these pieces for them. And when I was so happy, cause I, I, I mailed it out and then I got an email back from them saying that they received it and that they were so happy. And they, they, they were like the, the pieces are actually even more beautiful in person, which was such wow. a relief. That what, so I was just so, so happy and so proud of that as well. So that's an amazing, that's an amazing feedback when you actually put your heart into something and then people get it and they're, they're even more like speechless by having the product in their hands than how it looks online. Yes, I I was, because you know, that's always kind of a a little bit of self-doubt where I'm like, oh, are they going to love it as much when they have it in their hands? Right. And thankfully... I mean, this keeps happening with me where people always say, when I get them in person, it's just, it just like blows their mind. So it's just, it makes me so happy when I hear that. I, I feel very fortunate to have that feedback. Do you find it important to have a mentor in exactly what you do or to just have a general mentor in business and, you know, try to pull things from them? That's a really good question. Really good question. Um, I think mentors and I say plural, are very important. And I think you can find mentors for different things. And I think it's very important to have different perspectives. So I've been very fortunate in, in, in my most recent years, in the past like couple years or so, is I have a mentor who he, he owns a, his own nonprofit and he's such a good hearted man. And he's always saying the answer is love. So it's my, it's, and he's a really good friend of mine. His name's Eddie Robles. He's just such an amazing person. So he, he's become this, a more of a life mentor in general, mm-hmm. um, just a friend to me. And then I have uh, these other mentors now through this organization called the Polk Institute. That's P-O-L-K Institute. This is an amazing, amazing organization. Uh, what they do is they've created a business school program that is completely free. Wow. Yes. You have to apply to get in though. And you have to have a business that has some sort of community effort. So you either have, you basically want to be doing good for people. And so uh, what they do is they teach you how to have good business standards to be, uh, and they even have a class a whole month on what it takes to be a B Corps. So B Corps is a standard in business that is 
fully regulated that uh, you have to, and they, and I believe they do annual checks on your business mm-hmm. from top to bottom finances, wow. employees, how you're manufacturing. So it keeps people in check. Correct. So I think B Corp is something that in the, in the very near future, people are really going to start checking to see if a company is B, is at B Corp standard. So the Polk Institute, that's one of the things that they really uh, push for you to, to become. So through this program, um, which I highly recommend if if anyone's out there listening that's starting their own business, let's mm-hmm. apply. They're really their focus is to bring up minority entrepreneurs. So if you're out there, just check out their website. It's the Polk Institute and uh, and apply for their program because it's really great. Because right now I have I, I have connections. If I have a question about HR, about uh, how to hire about manufacturing, any of these things, I now have contacts with from this from the Polk Institute. And wow. I have two people in particular that have become such great mentors. They have helped me uh, put together a pitch. And I actually, I'm so grateful because I actually ended up winning this pitch competition. Wow. So I, I pitched my business and, um, and I won this comp- this women's pitch competition and they helped me through it. And it's, it's, it's these types of people that are so generous Yeah, or, you know, they're out there. And I think it's so it's, if you can find someone to mentor you, I say a hundred percent do it because yeah. there are people out there who are, who have already done what you've done. They've made all the mistakes True. and all they want to do is help you and keep you from making those mistakes. So why not use that why not use them having mentors having people like ut just people that you can talk to about your business perspective is so important because everyone will have a different perspective on one thing about about how you're costing your product yeah so it's it's so i think it's so important if you're young and you're you know in your early 20s fine do Make the effort to find a mentor. Guys, it's polkinstitute.org. And I'm literally on their website now. And I'm ready to actually like reach out to these people. Because even I had no idea that such a resource was available to us. What's your least favorite part about being being a designer? (laughs) You know what, honey? I was talking to my friend about this because she's an artist and I said, you know, being a creative is a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. a part of it is just, I mean, being creative gives me life. Like it's, I feel, I wake up in the mornings and I go to sleep at night and I thank the universe, the <laughs> gods, everyone for, for what I can do and what mm-hmm. I have. Like, I just feel like it's this, it's really a gift and I feel so lucky to have it. Yeah. However, <laughs> being a creative can really drive you crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just your brain is is kind of wired differently. One of the life lessons I've learned is it's okay to give yourself permission to do things precisely. Don't just swing at everything. Because I used to be that person, just like you said, like it's you have a bunch of different ideas and trying to do all of it at the same time was not getting me anywhere so like being taking my time I reserve the right to take my time to be precise 
to know that if I'm going to go after this, this is the one that I'm going after right now. And then when I've seen it to a good, you know, good enough stage, I can add something else on top of it. So I think that helps me about like, um, not dreading being a designer because I have so many ideas of, you know, how many gowns leave in my head for free? Like um, yes. dresses, fabrics that I want to experiment with, but I'm like, no, I'm going to work with only silk and that's it. And then I'm going to go next to lace and then that's it. And then instead of like, you know, doing everything all at once um, at oh, the same geez. time. That is such a smart move. That yeah. Is- that honestly is such great advice because yes, you know, when you're young, explore, experiment, but at some point really focus in on that one thing Mm -hmm. because otherwise you'll be left with kind of being somewhat okay at a lot of things, which is not where you want to be. Right. And not being great at any. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. So So I have a final question for you. Tell us about some of the designs that you've, you know, put your blood, sweat, and tears into. And, you know, no reception from the customers. Nobody bought it. It just sat there. Like, what, like, how did you feel and what did you do with them? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know what this question is making? This is going to be a different type of response, I think, T. Okay. Let me, ha- let me have it. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> So what this question has revealed to me is that I have not pushed myself or not pushed myself, but I have not put all my ideas out there Mm. because to be honest, I, with so far with my ideas, I've been very fortunate in that I've had success with them and that's awesome. So I live in this, uh, I live in this world right now where Mm. I have found the success with these products and I have not yet fully, I have not put out a lot of my or any of my new ideas. And so what this question has really highlighted and put a spotlight on for me is how badly I really need to experiment and take that risk Mm -hmm. of putting out new designs because I have been really sitting on some great ideas that I, I love. And I've, I've started developing them and it's still in the experimental phase, but mm-hmm. I haven't quite brought it to reality yet where it can yeah. be a product I can sell to people. And I think uh, I really appreciate this question actually because it's, <laughs> it's pushing me because, I, you know, I should, right now, my answer should be, yes, I have this product that I've been working on and it totally failed. Mm-hmm. I don't have that story. And it's not because... It's not because I, I'm so great or anything. It's because I have not taken that risk. And so that is what I need to do. Is <laughs> I need to take the risk and I need to put my new stuff out there. Yeah. And it makes me a little nervous because I, I, I really enjoy the success <laughs> that I have. And I, I, you know, I, just to go back to the fear of failure and yeah. doubt is, you know, for people like us who have that, who have those insecurities, we whenever we find that success we Mm -hmm. really hold on to it yeah and I think I I I hold it as a bit of a crutch and I I do want to expand and freaking bloom like a flower yes (laughs) or whatever it is I and I do want to show more of my of of my of myself out there Mm -hmm. and so that is something that uh for this year I and I actually, well, I started last, the end of the very end of last year is I really started working and designing this new product and this new line. 
and uh, expand, working on expanding my brand. And, and, and it's, it's keeps coming up on my list and I keep kind of putting it to the side, but right now this question has really, <laughs> it's, it's, it's given me like butterflies in my stomach in a good yeah. way. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh my God. That's good. I'm happy. That was the intention actually, because there is no right or wrong answer. I've, I've had people um, pretty much say they honestly don't have anything right now. That's not, you know, that's just been sitting there. And I've had people tell me about countless of things that they even spent so much money on. Wow. And it just didn't move. So it's like, it's it's good to hear everyone's perspective um, because, you know, we all do things uniquely. So our, our results are also all going to be unique. That's so true. Oh, I can't wait to hear your other episodes though because I would love to hear, because yeah, you know, when you put your heart into something, like what happens when it fails? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be interesting to hear because I know yeah. one day I'm going to experience it. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stacey, for taking the time out of your busy day on a holiday to actually even do this interview with us. I'm super grateful. Oh, thank T. I really appreciate you even asking me to do this. Um, I really love what you're doing. I'm so excited for you. So yeah. much luck to much best of luck to you in your new endeavors. Thank you. Thank you so so much. And guys, um, don't forget to go to MAS, that's Mass, and nobunobu.com to shop Stacey's pieces. Yes, and check out my Instagram as well and message me because right now my website is not up to date with every product I have actually. Oh, that's good to know. That's good yes. to know. So message me. That's good to know. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you so much, T. I'll talk to you later. Okay, have okay. a good one. Bye. And that's Mass and Noble founder, Stacey Okotake. We hope this episode has taught you so much. We cannot wait to see you next week.